Hey, small business owners and entrepreneurs. So you've got this great idea. You've started your business. Pretty soon things are going gangbusters and you are selling stuff across the Pacific and across the Atlantic. And one day you're on the phone with a great potential customer and they say, what's your export control code? Being a quick on your feet small business owner, you say seven, but they're not laughing. Being quick on your feet because you're a small business owner, you say, I will have to email you that later. So are small businesses regulated? And spoiler alert, of course they are. And we're gonna talk about not only the uh, concept of regulation, but also how you can become compliant with the regulations that apply to you. So it is time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Steven Krause and I provide small business consulting solutions that help small business owners like you create practical, actionable, sustainable solutions so that you can create an impact. All right, so first of all, um, I did change the format of the show a little bit, which uh, we're kind of walking through. Just wanna uh, point that out if there are changes in the in the format that you weren't expecting. Um, Today, we are going to be talking specifically about regulation and how it applies to small business. And again, as always, the whole point of this show is what's in it for you as a small business owner. And that is what is a practical, actionable, sustainable way that you can implement these ideas and keep them going in your small business. So I want to thank you for watching the live stream today. If you're live with me, I want to thank you for watching the replay, if you're watching this later, or listening on a, uh, the podcatcher of your choice, iTunes or whatever. Um, just to let you know, the show notes will be at b50p.info forward slash UATTR056 when they're done. It'll be a later today. I do have a little bit of a long day today, so it's going to be uh, later this evening when those show notes are available. Um, and those show notes will be on the link in the YouTube video right now, if you're watching the live stream or if you're watching the replay. All right. And I'll leave that up for a few minutes, but let's get into this concept of small business regulation. It's very easy for small business owners to imagine that it's that regulation is a big business thing that only big businesses have to deal with regulations. And I, I honestly, I wish I could tell you that were the truth, um, but it's not. And so the reality of the situation is that there are regulations that we have to deal with every single day as small business owners. And, and I want to make sure that you're able to a get compliant if you're not already, or understand if you're starting a business, if you're early in the process, how do you get compliant from the very beginning? And what are some ways, some tools you can use, some, some resources you can, you have access to that you can use to do that without going crazy. Um, so the first thing I want to do is break down some ways to think about regulation. So if you just say, am I regulated? Then it's the, the topic is so big. It's hard to get your head around. It's almost impossible to say, okay, how do I narrow that field? And so what I want to do is put some context around that for you. And it's, you can break regulation down into a couple of categories. One is geography. 
And we'll talk about each of these specifically as we go through the, the uh, show today. The second is, and, and this is kind of a, uh, 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 a little bit different, but there's, there's mandatory regulation. And then there's things that you might use for branding. And this is going to fall into kind of a certification status or a certification category. Um, I will talk about it briefly, but if it's not legally required, it's not really the focus of, of, uh, what I'm talking about today, but it can get confusing when someone says, Hey, are you a certified whatever? Um, if that's not legally required, you know, then it becomes a branding issue. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but, um, but the focus is really going to be on the things that are legally required. So the first one, like I said, geography, the second thing that you might find is market and profession. So what is the market that you're in? What is the profession that you have? How does that, what are there regulations and requirements around that, uh, that profession? What product type, what are you offering as a product? And does that have an impact on regulation? And it does. What industry are you in? And then finally, we'll talk about what customer base you serve. So there, there are, are a lot of different categories of regulation that you can fall under and they, and even better, they overlap. So you might find that there's a, uh, a, a uh, geography requirement that also gets covered by something that involves your customer base. So we'll talk about that. And um, one of the ones that specifically overlaps pretty handily is export control, which is from the example that I talked about in the intro. So we'll get, and we'll get into that a little bit more. So let's talk about geography as a, I think we can probably dump the URL at this point. Uh, I'll show it again later. So let's talk a little bit about geography. Okay. So you've got layers of geography that can create regulation for your business. So you have regional geographies. Um, for example, the, the European Union has a set of regulations that you might have to uh, comply with if you're shipping or selling in the EU. Um, obviously, North America, we have the same kind of thing as well. So um, an example of that regionally might be Rojas certification is, is a popular requirement in the uh, European Union. So you also have the country level, which, you know, for us here in the United States, it would be the United States government. So there's, there's, there are regulations that are put in place at the federal level. Then of course you start uh, looking at, um, and, and just before I go on briefly, when you talk about the federal level things, you're looking at things like labor law, export control, the FDA, the ADA, um, the affordable care act, HIPAA, uh, family medical leave OSHA. So that, and, and the, the, uh, alphabet soup, you could go on for a long time and I'm not, my, my goal today is not to provide you every possible regulatory agency, which would just be a, a very long and, and unproductive uh, live stream. The idea is to understand where they come from and how to get to them. So, um, but those are some examples to give you some context of regulatory agencies within the federal government. 
Then you have state government. And a lot of times the state government is going to be the, the licensing place where you, or the, the uh, authority that's going to provide licensing for you, whether that's um, uh, licensing for your profession or tax licensing, et cetera. Um, same thing with the county. In the United States, we have uh, state, county, and uh, city. Uh, that may be different in your geographic region, and I would certainly encourage you to check, um, you know, your own requirements for your own lo- uh, municipality and your own locations. But, um, you know, for the county and the city, you're going to have the same kind of thing, and they're going to be separate, uh, or they potentially will be separate. So you may have sales tax licensing for your county as well as your state and for your city, in the United States at least, and um, but you may also have zoning issues that could be at the city level. You could have ordinances. Um, an example of, of that affecting businesses here in uh, Fort Collins. A number of years ago, um, they implemented an ordinance where restaurants couldn't allow smoking inside the buildings. And this has been a while now. But, um, but it's an example of a regulation that's going to impact your business if you're a restaurant. And so, and, and, um, uh, those are are uh, those are things you have to look into as a business owner before you open a business and let people smoke in your in in the building and then find out later that uh, you weren't supposed to do that and that might be a bit of an egregious uh, example but the point remains that if you that ignorance of the law is not an excuse for not complying with the law. So let's talk again a little bit about branding versus mandatory. You know, you can have, uh, there may be specific licensing requirements for your industry, state to state business coaches in some states have to have business licenses or specific licenses in other states. They don't, um, but certification programs, um, if you're getting one from the, uh, the project management association where they have a project management, uh, certification that you can take, that may mean something to you as a professional. So if you're working in, in, a, um, uh, in a company, getting that may help you promote your, your career. If you're an external resource, if you are saying, okay, I do project management assist, co- consulting and I help uh, businesses do a better job at it, having that certification may be a good branding option for you, but not a legal requirement. And so I, I want to only touch on the differentiation there. I don't want to focus a whole lot on that specific thing because it becomes a personal choice about whether or not you think that's going to be valuable to your business in the long term. So we can also talk a little bit about the market and profession that you're in. And those things are going to require uh, certification or uh, regulations of some kind, licensing of some kind. Obvious ones, doctors, medical professionals, lawyers, teachers, barbers, massage therapists, and, and some of those depend on the state. Now, barbers are all states require, um, some kind of licensing for a barber, whereas a massage therapist, some states require it and some states do not. And so what state are you in and does it require licensing for that particular, uh, registration or licensing for that particular, uh, craft, whatever service. So that, um, uh, the next one is product type. 
And this one is where I think small business owners can really get into uh, a little bit of a fix because we don't necessarily associate the product we manufacture with the regulations that might apply. Now, there's some obvious ones, tobacco, cannabis, firearms, medications. Um, this one wasn't so, wasn't so obvious to me. Um, a few years ago, I was buying some spray paint and I had to show my ID. Um, apparently, that's a thing. Um, alcohol, obviously. So those are product types that we know are going to require um, some kind of, uh, they're going to have regulations around the sale and distribution. Um, it's important to understand what your product is and if it has any requirements around it that might fall into that category. So it can actually get down to the product level as to whether or not you're going to be regulated in some way. Then we're going to have the industry itself. So what industry are you in? Uh, for example, are you in an aircraft manufacturing? Now you might think, well, Boeing is not a small company. So why are you talking about that? Well, fair enough. They're not. But what is a small company? A small business is up to 500 people. And there are, there's a, a, a more complex definition that maybe would be a worthwhile podcast at some point. Um, but the bottom line is, you can be a pretty large organization, still qualify as a small business, and still have to comply with regulations. If you're supplying parts to the airline industry and you have a, a reasonably small uh, business or a legally small business, you can still be required to comply with regulations that affect the airline industry at large. And so uh, if you're creating a part of the jet engine or part of the flight control system or, you know, even probably seat cushions or something like that. You may actually have, you know, the seat cushions could have fire ratings that you have to, uh, and, and we know that they all float, right? So there are requirements for those that you may have to comply with, and you could still be a small business supplying an industry that requires those things. And, um, uh, it's important to, uh, be on top of that. And where we can get into trouble is I've got a great idea for uh, a seat cushion for an aircraft that's made out of renewable material, better for the environment, lighter, and maybe, uh, you know, there's, there's some, maybe it's recycled too. So it's just this huge, great thing. And I get into it and I start selling it. I put a whole bunch of money into it. And then Boeing does call me and says, Hey, we love this idea, but, um, you know, what's your fire rating or what's, how do you, you know, how does it float? And then you're back to the drawing board, but you've already sunk a whole bunch of money into your product. And so it's important on the front end to be doing that research, even if you're going to sell, uh, you know, honestly, even if you're going to sell pet rocks, understanding the environment in which you're going to sell them is going to matter to you. So, uh, you know, another one that comes up in this whole, in, in the, in terms of industry. Oh, I did want to touch on, you know, if you're a, the other thing is, you know, you've got the seat cushion in the airline industry, but what if you're uh, an entrepreneur and you're creating uh, a new kind of aircraft? What if you're a small company and you're uh, designing, you know, we're all waiting for the flying car from the Jetsons, right? But we don't have it yet, but there are people out there trying to create small aircraft for personal use. You know, what's the regulation there? And it doesn't have to be 
as wild an example as an airplane. I mean, you kind of go, okay, well, an airplane, obviously. But my point is, if you get into an industry because you have a great idea about the technology, but you don't understand the environment into which that technology is going to be sold, marketed, the people who are going to use it, um, you can end up finding yourself in trouble because you didn't do this research on the front end. So other examples, drones, you know, that's a market that's exploding and the legal environment is um, confusing. A lot of people don't understand the laws around drones. And a lot of municipalities don't even understand the laws around drones because the only people who have the legal right to uh, regulate airspace is the Federal Aviation Administration. So, but there are a lot of municipalities putting together drone law. And so now, if you're selling some kind of drone product or you're selling drones, um, you know, if you're selling them retail, you're probably uh, not going to run into trouble. But if you're manufacturing them and you want to market them to people who can use them, I have two drones that I don't use very often because the municipalities that I live in have decided that they're going to outlaw them. And I'm not the guy that's going to die on that hill of you don't have the right to do this, you know? So I have to go out of town to fly the drones and that's, that's okay. But my point is understanding the regulations. So, uh, you do need to, to, uh, just because you bought it at the hobby shop doesn't mean it's not regulated. And just because you're selling it at the hobby shop doesn't mean it's not regulated. Uh, film production and content creation. And so you're, you, you say, okay, um, we're going to create content. I'm going to create a YouTube channel and, and create content. Well, guess what? You have location issues potentially. If you're not, if you're vlogging, if you're, uh, 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 you may have privacy issues. You may need model releases. If you've got people who are going to appear on your show. And honestly, a lot of that gets missed. They say, Hey, you want to come on my, on my show? Yeah. And there's no model release, no discussion at all. And that I'm not saying you have to, what I'm saying is you have to understand whether or not you need to and, and look into it so that you don't find yourself getting into trouble. Um, customer base. So is your customer base military government that comes with its own set of regulations or potentially can come with regulations, traceability. And it's not just, we can't, you know, we're selling uh, weapons. There can be traceability issues where they actually need to understand what raw materials went into each single product. And that's not for everything, but it is for some things. And depending on what you're shipping, you need to understand what that means, what it looks like, and how you and your product fits into that ecosystem. You also have things like elderly and at-risk populations. There are regulations around senior living developments and, and stuff like that. So uh, looking into the customer base that you're working with is going to be important. So obviously, once again, there's no practical way to really cover every regulatory um, uh, scenario in 30 minutes. Um, you're, what you're going to need to do or what you're going to need is specific to your situation, to your business, to your product, to your geography, to the marketplace that you're selling into for the customer base. All of those things are going to play together 
to create uh, the regulatory environment that you're going to have to deal with. And so what the important takeaways here today are that regulations do apply to small businesses. So anyone who says that regulations don't apply to small business is misinformed. There are exceptions to some regulations based on business size. The American uh, Affordable Care Act has provisions for small businesses, but it does not exclude them from every single piece of it. And I believe it's what, 2,600 pages long. So understanding where those regulations end and begin for small business owners matters. Other things like environmental protection, OSHA, labor laws, all have some provisions for small business, but they do not exclude small business entirely simply because business is small. And so the, the, the earlier you can figure out what the impact is going to be on your business idea, the more likely you're going to be able to design your business plan around proper com compliance with the regulations in your market in your area. So that is really important. Um, uh, let's see. And um, yeah, the one other point is you may have requirements and regulations simply uh, by, and I alluded to this earlier, simply by supplying a regulated in a marketplace. So if you make brass and you're shipping it to an a manufacturer, uh, ammo manufacturer, there could be compliance requirements simply because you're in that industry, not, and, 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 you know, so you need to understand this. You need to look into what does that mean to you as a small business owner? So let's talk about practical action. So we, we, Hopefully, at this point, you understand that you can't just say, I'm a small business, regulations don't apply to me. Um, and and I, would, I would love to be the person that could tell you that that, that was legitimate it, from the perspective of ease of doing business, from the perspective of doing right by our employees and the environment and complying with the law. Obviously, those things matter. So um, what we need to do is how do we get compliant. And there are a couple of things we can do. Uh, the, the first thing is to simply search for regulatory requirements by the categories that I suggested early on by geography. So pick keywords that relate to your specific products and services and say, in my geography, in my city is smoking regulated. You know, are drones regulated? Whatever, whatever product or service you provide, are, are uh, massage therapists regulated? And you'll start to get a sense of the questions you need to begin to ask. So you can do a, a search on the web. Um, and, and uh, well, let me back up. I just want to reiterate the categories we want to talk about are geography, market, and profession, product type, industry, and customer base. I think there's five of them there. And, and so we want to use each of these tools that I'm going to talk about to cover those categories. So one of them is web search. 
you can call your local chamber of commerce or other professional uh, or uh, business asso associations in your area, the Small Business Development Center or SBDC. Um, you can contact the SBA, the Small Business Association or administration, and get a, a sense of what um, uh, laws and requirements are in place for your industry in that area. They can help you with that. Another place that you can find uh, help is you can call local government agencies. So you can find out from uh, your city, your state, um, your county offices, you can talk to them about what requirements they might have for your specific situation. And then uh, there are professional organizations. Uh, I talked about the Project Management Association uh, earlier. Um, there are associations for many of the professionals, uh, professional services that we, we engage in, those all have resources for you to maybe understand uh, what are the requirements for your profession. Um, and uh, then beyond that, and, and these resources are going to help you identify where you need more help. Some of them are going to be easy. You're going to call your state and they're going to say, hey, we or, or look up the Secretary of State website, which is what governs most uh, business in most states. And they're going to say, you need to sign up for a business. You need to do these things. You need a sales tax license and you're good to go. Um, or they're going to say, OK, what business are you in and, and have some advice for you? Some of those things are going to be pretty straightforward. Some things are going to require a little bit more digging, but they're going to the, the search that you're going to do the call that you make is going to give you the prompt to say, all right, I need more help. A great example for, for me with my directed energy business is export control. So you would think that uh, a small company, we are exporting uh, commercial products. And so we would love to be free of export control laws. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And uh, a number of years ago, I said, you know, I probably don't, I don't think I know enough about export control right now to say for sure that I'm doing the right thing. So we contacted somebody uh, uh, and, and uh, actually we ended up contacting three different people uh, because I was really hoping one of them was wrong. Uh, the, they said, okay, uh, the first person said, yeah, you need to do a little bit different export control than you're doing. And I didn't like that, so I was hoping for a second opinion, but all three people told us the exact same thing. And so, uh, you know, and, and I guess there's a lesson there in confirming the information that you get. If it's going to cost your business a lot of money or impact the customer experience, it's worth getting a second opinion to make sure that the information is correct. But, you know, when the preponderance of evidence suggests that you need to change your, your plan, then you need to change it. And so we implemented that and, um, uh, and we are required to do export control. So that's an example where you, you would kind of say, okay, I really don't think I I would need to comply, but in reality I actually do. And so, um, one thing I would like to say is you've got to be really careful about getting regulatory advice from forums on the internet. Um, my two cents on that is going to be always get 
regulatory advice from someone you're paying or an objectively trustworthy source. And so, uh, you know, I, you, you might get some ideas of where to look on a forum on the web, but I would strongly encourage you to avoid taking action solely based on what you read on a forum or on, on any platform, really. Um, you know, unless, like I said, unless there's an objectively trustworthy source or you're paying someone because they are an objectively trustworthy source and they are working for you, um, I would not put 100% stock in whatever uh, they had to say. So uh, do the research in those in those locations. And I will put in the show notes, I will list the the places that I would recommend looking for uh, regulatory information for each of the categories and kind of kind of put a little more information there. Um, so with that, I guess I will uh, remind everybody that the show notes this week will be at b50p.info forward slash UATTR056. You can contact me and Beyond 50% at any of the places that you see right over here, traditional email and whatever. Um, or you can find Beyond 50% on most social platforms or many of the most social of the popular social programs as Beyond 50% percent spelled out. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all, all the major all the major players. Um, leave a comment below if you've had a similar experience with with regulations or if you have a different one, if you have some different concepts around regulation or, or uh, uh, ideas about it, I'd love to hear them. I'd love to engage in conversation. If you found this video helpful, please consider crushing that like button. It really does help us spread the message and help other small business owners. So please consider subscribing to the channel by clicking on the logo that you can find in the center of the screen and ringing the bell to be notified when we release new content or schedule new content. On the left, you're going to find a full up and to the right episode playlist where you can binge watch all our episodes. Thank you again for watching. It's time for me to get back to work. <laughs>